ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಪುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವತೀತಮಸ್ತಮಾವಿಶಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ವೆಲ್ಕಮ್ ಎವ್ರಿಂಗ್ ಟುಡೇಸ್ ಕ್ಲಾಸ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಫೋರ್ ಯೋಗ ಆಫ್ ವಿನೌನ್ಸಿಯೇಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ಆಕ್ಷನ್ ಇನ್ ವಿಸ್ಡಮ್ ಟಾಪಿಕ್ ಒನ್ the self is eternal teacher I mean only the self can teach you knowledge of the self we covered verse 6 last week which as i said was quite deep does anyone have questions on that on that verse though unborn of imperishable nature lord of beings presiding over my own prakriti matter i am born by my own maya power as i said it's a very deep verse if you get that verse that's it you're done but we will get it by the time we finish chapter 18 you you should all be you you should all be able to uh um understand that verse the pure consciousness is unborn meaning has no birth and death it is imperishable these are the qualities of brahman qualities of the self no birth and death imperishable eternal exists in all periods of time unlike matter which is perishable limited life as a birth and death as humans we have a birth and death we're limited we gave a comparison between ocean and wave wave is born exists for a short while then it dies ocean is not born does not die it's always been there we can say the waves are perishable the ocean is imperishable the ocean is the lord of all waves the waves are my own prakriti matter meaning the ocean is water the waves are water no difference between the two so far so good the big wave say i'm a big wave you're a small wave you're nothing similarly this whole world is nothing but the pure consciousness brahman the self this world is brahman the self the wave is equivalent to us human beings we are born similarly this whole world is nothing but pure consciousness brahman the self the wave is our as is us human beings we are born we live a short time and we die while we are alive we think we are big superior we have a big ego the pure consciousness does not go through that process so then how did it come about maya that's the power i have we say the ocean is lord of all waves similarly the self is the lord of all beings all beings are my own prakriti matter human is made up of spirit and matter when the pure consciousness and the matter equipments the body mind intellect combine a human being is born 
Matter and pure consciousness is the same, just like the ocean and waves are the same. Therefore, pure consciousness is the source of everything. It says the Lord of all beings. Basically, all these examples, what it means is that this world is nothing but pure consciousness. That's what it means. If you want to understand it deeper, then you have to go deeper in this verse. If you accept that, then that's fine. We gave a few examples. Gold, all gold ornaments is nothing but pure gold. We make different objects, different forms with it. Jewelry, etc. If you melt it, it's pure gold. Charcoal and diamond, we gave example. Both charcoal and diamond is made from carbon. Diamond is hard, brilliant, expensive, beautiful. Coal is totally opposite. Dark, powdery, soft and cheap. Just a different name and form, but both are carbon. So in the same way, difference between Brahman, pure consciousness and the world is the same difference as ocean and wave, diamond and coal. Only Brahman exists. This world is Brahman. Just a different name and form. Just an illusion. Right now we only see the illusion, not the world. Which we called Maya. How do you uh, not see the Maya? You don't see the illusion. How do, and only see the self. How do you do that? How can we do that? Right now, we only see the illusion, the world, Maya. How can we rise above that? Yeah, Vanita? Get rid of our desires, our vasanas, then we will see the self that, and our ego and things like that. Yeah. The real. And to do this, what do we need? Knowledge. Knowledge of? The self. The reality. Knowledge of the self is knowledge of the reality. This world is the reality. When you gain knowledge of the self, you unfold the self within. You begin to identify and see the pure consciousness. You no longer see the illusion, maya. Just as you see a mirage in the desert, but when you go near the mirage, you realize it is only sand. It was an illusion. When you get near, you get knowledge of the sand, knowledge that this is all sand. So that illusion disappears. You only see the desert then. There is only pure consciousness, nothing else. Any questions? The day you see only the self in everyone is the, is the day you self-realize. The minute you see them as an individual, you've got work to do. You see yourself in everybody else. That's the goal. Any questions? Get a basic understanding of what we're trying to get to. So this whole exercise of studying the Gita, studying Upanishad, is to gain knowledge, knowledge of the self, so that we can rise above this illusion. That's the whole exercise of spiritual development. That's our goal in life. And how much effort you put into it, that's up to you. The more effort, the more you unfold, the more developed you become spiritually. You rise above the world. So that it's the balls in your court. You'd have to decide how much effort you want to put. And there's only one time you will get to that stage. 
when you've had enough. When you've had enough of the world, that's when you'll realize and start putting effort in. Right now, you've not had enough of the world. There's still more, you're seeking more pleasures and happiness in the world still. When you rise above that, then you'll start putting effort in. Okay, verse 7. Yada yada hitarmasya planir bhavati bharata abhyuttana madarmasya tadatmanam srajam yaham yada yada hitarmasya planir bhavati bharata abhyuttana madarmasya O Bharata, whenever there is an indeed, whenever there is indeed a decline of dharma, righteousness, and the rise of adharma, unrighteousness, then I manifest myself. O Bharata, whenever there is indeed a decline of dharma, righteousness, and the rise of adharma, unrighteousness, then I manifest myself. Verse 7 and 8 that we're covering today both have the same theme. Yeah? Hence, we're doing these two together and not another one. Arunaben, could you read the first paragraph, please? Krishna addresses Arjuna by the name Bharata, which means reveling in light. India has always been reputed as a spiritual country where people reveled in divine light. Krishna apparently draws Arjuna's attention to his role in maintaining the spiritual status of Bharat, India. India has been blessed with periodic visitations of great sages and saints from time immemorial. They appeared in the country whenever dharma, righteousness, declined and adharma, unrighteousness, increased. To indicate this, Krishna declares in first person singular, I manifest myself. He means that self-realized sages appeared in the world to resurrect righteousness whenever it declined. So what this, what Lord Krishna is saying here is that I manifest myself whenever there is a decline in dharma. So India is known to be a spiritual country. People from all over the world go to India to learn anything from yoga to the highest spiritual knowledge for spiritual growth, as I did myself. The Beatles went there in the 60s. They were famous, they were wealthy, they had everything. And they went to the ash uh, ashram in, in Rishikesh. If you go there, you can still see the ashram and you got their pictures on the wall. They wrote so many songs while they were there. They had no need to go there, but they were searching, they're seeking something. Even if you now, if you go to Rishikesh, so many foreigners there. Much more than Mumbai. So many foreigners there from all over the world. All seekers. All looking for something that they cannot find in their own environment at home. There's so many stories of different gods in our scriptures, stories of good and evil, so many different scriptural books written, spiritual country. So many great sages have taken birth, made themselves present in India. There's no other country like it. One of the oldest countries in the world, one of the most spiritual countries in the world. What is the world made up of? Anyone? 
What is the world made up of? What is the world made up of? Simple question. Opposites. Pairs of opposites, thank you. Hot and cold, tall and short, thin and fat, rich and poor, good and evil. This is what the world is. One cannot exist without the other. Why not? Why can't one exist without the other? Because that's what qualifies it being as being part of the world. There would be no world otherwise. This is the qualities of the world. How do you know someone is thin? How do you know someone is thin? Yeah, Dermesh? Because you look for the opposite, someone that's fat. Otherwise, you can't tell. No. How can you tell someone is thin unless you have someone who's fat, Nick, that you can compare with? How do you know it's hot? Because you've experienced cold. How do we know someone is good? By comparing them to someone who is evil, someone who is bad. Similarly, what this verse is saying, righteousness, good, and unrighteousness, evil, exists simultaneously in the world. One cannot exist without the other. Does that make sense? So, dharma means godliness, virtue, honesty, a good human being. So good and evil means dharma and adharma. In Sanskrit, dharma and adharma means good and evil. Decline of dharma, righteousness, rise of adharma, unrighteousness. The dharma, you know, we say dharma, dharma, good. Adharma means the opposite, ungodly, evil, dishonest, believing that there is no God. That's a dharma. So we can't just have righteousness. You have to have both. That's why you look in the world now. You can say this is a good person, this is a bad person. Look at just the dictators, the, the presidents, the prime ministers. You can see who's good, who's bad. So what this verse is saying is that Whenever there is a decline in dharma, righteousness, when righteousness goes down in the world, and un adharma and adharma, unrighteousness, increases, then a self-realized soul, a saint, comes to reestablish the balance. That's what this verse is saying. Some great sage comes to bring righteousness back into the world. Because they both have to exist. When dharma goes down, unrighteousness prevails, some great sage comes to bring the balance back up. Why don't we have someone to come down to bring the balance down again to unrighteousness? Do, I, do we need someone to come down to do that? <laughs> Why not? Because we're doing it ourselves. We don't need help with that one. <laughs> we need help with the other one. <laughs> we don't need to have an evil person to appear when the world becomes too virtuous. We automatically go downhill ourselves. Anyone know why? Anyone know why? Yeah, Anita. Because we, we forget who we are, where we don't know who we are, and that's what causes all the problems, isn't it? Absolutely. Because our five senses naturally are designed to go towards the world. We're built in that way. Our five senses drag us to the world. Eyes want to see, ears want to hear, 
nose wants to smell, tongue wants to taste, you want to touch. So naturally we go downhill. Nobody needs to be taught about sensuality or materialism, acquisition, enjoyment. We spend our whole life in this. Chasing wealth, buying sensual goods, material things. Doing this comes naturally to us. So we don't actually need anyone to bring us down. We're not saying it's wrong to do this, by the way. Sensuality, materialism, we're not saying it's wrong. But the problem is this never ends. It continues forever. There's no end point. And this increases our desires until we can't handle it anymore. We get frustrated in the world. None of you may have reached that point yet. But eventually this is what will happen. And that's why when you go to Rishikesh, all these foreigners are there because they've reached that stage. They're looking for something else that they can't find anymore in the world. They want something to get out, something higher. So we increase our desires, our senses goes towards the world, and it's this that brings us down. Is that is this that keeps us in the world, away from being spiritual. We have everything, but we get to a stage when it no longer brings us any more peace and happiness. As I said, you may have not reached that stage, but eventually you will reach that stage. No experience brings you any peace and happiness. Any questions? So. You just talked about this idea of the five senses and um, heading us towards the world and always keeping us in the world. But really, that's not unrighteous, is it? Because if we're thinking about righteous and unrighteousness, there's good and evil. So relatively if we're thinking about you know um, evil it's not evil that we get drawn by our senses and we get drawn to the world so that's not unrighteous i never said it was i said but we're talking about righteousness yeah yeah, yeah, righteousness, yeah, right? yeah so what the point i made was that we need a sage to come to raise us yeah, to um, raise us spiritually, to bring a balance back in the world. But we don't need someone to bring us back down towards the world. Yeah, we're not talking about evil and good here. We're talking about the fact that we need someone to raise us spiritually, to bring balance back in the world. But we, do, we automatically go down. We don't need an evil person to come to bring us down. That was the point we were making. And I also said, it's not wrong to do this. To bring the senses brings us to the yeah, world. No, I understand, but I thought I thought it was about dharma and adharma, righteousness and unrighteousness. Yes. It's not necessarily unrighteous. Never said it was. Didn't say it was. I said it's normal for a human being to be drawn to the world because of their five senses. That's the point we made. So we have everything. And it no longer brings us any more peace and happiness. When we reach that state, we begin to look for something else. Something else to give us peace and happiness. We look for spirituality. This is what happens in the natural progress of life. And when the world goes down, becomes unrighteous, unrighteous, a dharma is present. That's when these great sages come and teach us about dharma, spirituality, to bring and raise everyone back up again. The Buddha, he came and taught us how to be righteous. Jesus Christ taught us how to become righteous. What was happening in the Roman times? People were being persecuted. Jesus Christ came and brought spirituality to the world. 
to raise people. Swami Ramatita, with his knowledge of Vedanta, Swami Maharishi, Swami Tapaban. These are just a few we know, but there are so many that we don't know of. So these great saints come to raise us back to a balance, bring balance in the world. So we need these great people to lift us up. We don't need anyone to bring us down. We do this on our own. So Lord Krishna is saying, when there is a decline of a dharma, meaning the shift to unrighteousness, the balance is lost, then I appear to bring righteousness back to the world. To bring the balance, meaning a self-realized soul appears. Any questions? Does everyone understand that? That's why Lord Krishna is there helping the Pandavas. Arunabhin. The world is an admixture of good and evil. Good cannot exist alone, nor can evil. Dharma means godliness, righteousness, morality, and virtue. A dharma means blasphemy, unrighteousness, immorality, and vice. Dharma cannot maintain itself for long without the inspiration and guidance of self-realized sages. The sense objects of the world drag mankind down to materialism and sensualism. People in, indulge in the material world and lose themselves in the senses. They rarely entertain thoughts of divinity or the higher values of life. Consequently, they fall into immorality and barbarity. This decline continues for generations until people grow weary of the material and sensual life. They become desperate and look for an alternative to their unrighteous living. This creates a conducive environment which draws in enlightened souls. Great sages appear on the scene to promote righteousness. In course of time, people re-establish righteousness, but the senses again fall a prey to the pressures of sense objects and a decline sets in again. Unrighteousness prevails once more. This cycle repeats itself over and over. Krishna here merely states the law of nature so that humanity may make use of every opportunity to evolve from adharma to dharma. Yeah, thank you. Any questions on that? So the world is kept in a balance. Yeah. As unrighteousness prevails, a godly person comes and lifts everyone up to bring a balance back in the world. So if we look around, even now, there is so, so many things that are going on around us, which are, one could classify as a dharma. And a great sage doesn't seem to be appearing at the moment. So how do we, like, I know that, like, that's, the, that's a kind of um, mm. literal understanding of it. But for us at the moment, um, how do we get through each day and say, uh, because you can definitely feel it and you, you feel that, you know, you, you know, that there is, you wish that life was different or that things were different. Mm. So how do we get through day by day and each day? I know that part of it is by coming to classes like this and, to, you know, adding to your wisdom, putting that into practice. But is there anything more? Is there anything more? Anybody would like to answer that? So I'm just going to have a go. I mean, the last sentence, it says, make and take every opportunity to evolve yourself from a dharma to dharma. So if, for example, we start with ourselves by trying to be as righteous 
as we can and not be swayed by the adharma that we might face or experience, then we're not joining in with that. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, if we're thinking about what the followers were and the band was, there was only five of righteous against a hundred unrighteous. So there's always that imbalance in mm. a sense. But I suppose that with faith, I don't know. Mm. It's difficult. So um, I don't know when you answer the question yourself, actually. First of all, there's more, you can say that right now there's more evil in the world. Yeah, in, the, in our lifetime. From, from our lifetime, we're all, you know, rough, roughly similar ages. Um, but but 60, 70 years ago, we had World War II. We can say there was a lot of unrighteousness there. Hitler was there killing so many people. People, so many people are dying, war. That was a time of unrighteousness. Good against evil. 50 years before that was World War I, good against evil. So you, actually we can say in 70 years, it's been relatively okay, but things are now getting worse. We can say things are getting worse again now, and it's, we see it all, all around us. A dharma is everywhere. A dharma is in families. The good and bad is in the family, you can see it. Brothers are fighting, family are fighting, it's everywhere. Neighbors are fighting. It's a lot more prevalent now. Now, answer to your question, what do we do? You see it everywhere. All you can do is observe, be aware that unrighteousness seems to be prevailing more than righteousness. What else can you do? But what you can do is follow dharma, follow the scriptures. As you said, you know, you're coming to class, study every morning. That will keep you on the right path. That will make sure that when you see unrighteousness, you understand why it's there. So you're less affected by it. You observe and you understand this is a bad person. This is a good person. Could be, a, could be in your work environment. Could be your neighbors on the street. It could be anything. But you observe, this is good, this is bad. This is the world. I'm following the, a path of dharma. What else can you do? You can't change the world. Is that okay, Onabin? Yeah. Only person you can change is yourself and how you see the world. Dermish. The way I would also say is like you become a candle, you see. When you like yourself, I will see you as well. Mm -hmm. And you change the world. Even if you don't want to, you do because when you interact with people, people see you and you become good. The world becomes good around you as well. So the changes you can, if you make the changes within yourself, people you come in contact with, you can, you can help them, your family, your friends. You can help guide them if they want guidance. That's all you can do. There's nothing else you can do because this is the world. And the shift is changing now. As you rightly said, there's so much adharma in the world. So you can see the shift changing. So this is what this verse is talking about. Is that okay, Onamin? Now you recognize it. Now you understand why. Okay. World is made of pairs of opposites. Is everyone okay with that? Any questions, further clarifications? Ravi, did you raise your hand? And just um, so our dharma needs to exist for dharma to exist. Yeah. So you've got to have the opposites, and it's just making sure that the balance doesn't tilt 
to the extreme on the other side, but it, it has to exist for life to move on. Yes. yes, absolutely, because this is the world. Both has to exist. Now, what we're, what this verse is saying is when there is a balance, the window balance changes, i.e. it'll only go downhill. It can never go uphill. It only goes downhill. Then someone has to come along, someone comes along to bring that back into balance. This is a law of nature. You see, it says, Krishna is merely states the law of nature. That this is how it is. This is how the world is. But because we're good, we don't like evil. Evil, take, evil takes advantage of the good. This is natural, normal. Evil will take advantage of the good. Venita, you had a question. Just uh, so, even if there was like a great reset and everybody, the righteousness comes back, mm -hmm. right? There's always going to be evil people, even in that righteousness, because they're vasanas as such, right? Yeah. But yeah. majority of the people will be good. That's yeah. why it's a better, pleasant place to stay. Yeah. But that unrighteousness has to stay. It can't be wiped out regardless of even if somebody comes and does it, right? Because Absolutely. it doesn't, the world won't exist if it's like that, right? Absolutely. So let's say 60%, let's say zero to 100, 60%, yeah, are right, good people. 40% is bad people. Slowly as it starts going down, goes down to about 40%. Yeah, now there's more evil, more unrighteousness in the world than there is goodness in the world. Some great sage comes to raise it back up to 60%. And then maybe another few hundred years, it will gradually go down. Yeah, that's the way I can explain it. Carol, did you have a question? Vigil had a question? No, we need to answer it. So it's oh, okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah, so this is how you can see it. There has to be both. When it goes down to 40% evil, somebody comes and raises it back to 60%. That's a simple way of putting it. And however long it takes to go back to 40%, then someone else will come along. Is that okay? This is the world. This is how the world behaves. The qualities of the world. And now you have an idea of why. Why there's good and evil in the world. Is that okay, Arunabin? Okay, good. So, verse 8, which is a continuation of verse 7. Paripranayasadunam vinasayachadaskratam Dharma samstapanarthaya sambhavami yuge yuge paritranaya sadhuna vinasaya chadaskratam dharma samstapanarthaya sambhavami yuge yuge for the protection of the virtuous for the destruction of the wicked and for the establishment of dharma, righteousness, I am born from age to age. For the protection of the virtuous, good people, for the destruction of the wicked and for the establishment of dharma, righteousness, I am born from age to age. So what we're saying here is when it goes down to 40%, yeah, Somebody appears to raise it again. How do they do that? This is what this verse is saying. What do they do, these self-realized souls, when they come? How do they bring back righteousness in the world? They do this by protecting the good. They do this by protecting the good, the honest, and the virtuous people, and by destroying the wicked people. And by doing this, it re-establishes dharma in the world. So I come, I protect the good, the virtuous, and I destroy the wicked people. 
And by doing this, there's a balance back in the world. And we need dharma, righteousness in the world. Otherwise, how do we develop spiritually? How do we seek and reunite with the self, which is the goal of human beings? How do we do that if there's no dharma? There's no goodness. There's no one teaching us. The world will be finished. We'll destroy the whole world. Hence, there are so many scriptural stories of good and evil in Hinduism. This is the reason. To explain to us about this dharma and dharma, to bring back a level of spirituality in the world. Any questions? I come, protect the good, destroy the wicked. In the Ramayana, self might need your help. She knows the Ramayana better than me. In the Ramayana, two brothers, Sugriva and Bali. You know the story? They were monkeys. Bali was the eldest and was the king of the land. Sugriva was good and Bali was evil. Sugriva was the youngest brother. Representing dharma and adharma. Sugriva represents dharma, Bali represents adharma. Lord Rama protected Sugriva, the good, and helped destroy Bali, the evil evil monkey. Anyone know the story? Correct me if I'm wrong then, yeah? Vali and Sugriva were brothers. Vali was the eldest brother. He was bad. Sugriva was good. They had a misunderstanding. It was a silly misunderstanding like we do in life. We have we, the silly misunderstandings and we hate each other afterwards. So they had a similar misunderstanding. And Vali, the king, banished his younger brother, Sugriva, exiled him. While he was in exile, he met Lord Rama, who was searching for his wife, Sita. Rama agreed to help Sugriva to get the kingdom from his brother, Vali, if Sugriva helped Lord Rama fight Ravana, who was holding Sita at the time, you know the story. He needed the help of all the monkeys. So Sugirva agreed to help Rama kill Ravana and free Sita. Yeah, you all know the story. So Sugirva helped Rama to do this. And then he said, Rama, please now fulfill your promise to me. So Lord Rama fulfilled his promise to Sugriva. They went to the forest near Bali's kingdom. And Lord Rama told Sugriva, you call your brother and tell him to come to this part of the forest. Challenge him to a fight for the kingdom. Bali was the stronger, more aggressive, a bad brother, representing unrighteousness. Sugriva was the opposite. He was good, non-aggressive, representing righteousness. Lord Rama said, I will hide behind these bushes. When you are both fighting, I will shoot your brother. So Sugriva calls his brother, challenges him. While he comes to the forest, they both start fighting. How do monkeys fight? Jumping between trees, throwing stones, fist fight, nails, teeth. Monkey fight. And they're both evenly matched. Now, the fight's been going on for some time now. And Sugriva was thinking, why is Rama not shooting Bali? What was the problem? Anyone know? Why wasn't Lord Rama? Yeah, Dharmesh? Both brothers look identical. Both brothers looked identical. See, normally, even if they weren't identical, we can't tell the difference between two monkeys anyway. Yeah, they all look very similar. 
but these were brothers. They looked identical. And while fighting, you can't, Lord Rama couldn't tell them apart. Which one is Vali and which one is Sugriva? He doesn't want to shoot the wrong, wrong person. So then what happens? Hanuman, who was Sugriva's counsel, stepped forward, placed the garland of flowers around Sugriva's neck. Lord Rama was then able to tell the difference between the two, and he shot an arrow through Vali's heart and killed him. And by doing this, he resumed the balance from Adharma to Dharma in the city, in the world. Similarly, in the, in, in the Gita, Lord Krishna that we're studying in the Gita right now, Lord Krishna is protecting the Pandava brothers. Lord Krishna took Arjuna's side to establish righteousness, Dharma in Hastinapur by helping him fight Duryodhan, the evil, bringing unrighteousness in the city. This is why he's on Pandava's side. This is how it happens. The world is a balance of good and evil. As we said, you can't just have one. So this is how it happens. Some great saint comes down to bring a balance. So these are just some example stories to, in our scriptures. I mean, there's hundreds of them. But this is the reason why they have these stories. To make us understand that the world is made of good and evil. So we need to be aware of this. Any questions? So this is how this verse says how the great sage saint comes down to, to bring back balance. Kill the wicked, protect the good. Any questions? So we're very fortunate actually to be a Hindu, an Indian. We have so much spiritual heritage. You know, there's a path laid out for us to reach that goal in Hinduism. So if you think about it, we're, we're quite blessed that we have these scriptures that teaches us. In other, in other faiths, religion, it's not as clear as this. The heritage, scriptural heritage is not there. So don't waste this opportunity. Bonita. Krishna continues in the strain of righteousness, prevailing over unrighteousness. Enlightened souls appear whenever righteousness declines and unrighteousness takes over in the world. Their efforts are directed in three distinct ways. One, protection of the virtuous. Two, destruction of the wicked. Three, establishment of dharma, righteousness. When righteousness declines and unrighteousness prevails amongst humanity, the great masters protect the virtuous people and destroy the wicked. The destruction of the wicked and protection of the virtuous set the stage for the establishment of dharma. Dharma, god godliness, piety, leads to union with the self. This verse captures the very theme of the scriptures. Lord Rama protected Sagriva and destroyed Vali. The stage was then set for the reunion of Sita, the individual, with Rama self. Similarly, Lord Krishna protected, protected the Pandavas and destroyed the Gauravas. Adharma, unrighteousness, gave way to the re-establishment of Dharma. Self-realized souls have appeared in the world as at different periods in history for the purpose of establishing dharma. Thank you. That's it. Any questions? Either relating to these two verses or anything else? 
So. so in a nutshell, if we're thinking about the last sentence from verse seven, mm. so make and take every opportunity to evolve from a dharma to dharma yourself. And then actually, if you follow the path of dharma, so godliness, yeah, it leads to union with the self anyway. So I suppose just have the faith that yeah. whatever you're doing, if you're leading the path to dharma, then eventually you will get there. Just have faith. Just have faith. That's it. Keep studying, keep developing, stay on the path of righteousness, dharma. Everyone knows what's good and bad. Nobody here can tell me, I don't know what bad is and what is good. Everyone knows. You know, and if you don't know, we're studying the right subject. It'll teach us what is good and bad. <laughs> you have traits of the Pandavas, you're good. If you have traits of the Kauravas, you're bad. Yeah. And Lord Krishna is directing us how to be good. So you work on the bad and develop the good. And the guidance, Lord Krishna is guiding us to do that. Our scriptures is guiding us. So you stay on the path, have faith, correct any bad actions. That's the only way you can do it. Stay on the path of dharma. We all know what is a dharma. Just have to look in the world. Eventually, you will reach your goal. This is what it's saying. And there's so much to help you. So much scriptures is there to help you. India, a spiritual country, you go to some parts of India, that spiritual side in you manifests automatically. Environment does that. You just have to go there. Certain areas. So there's so much in the world to help you to develop. It's all down to you. You have to put in the effort. No one can do that for you. Any other questions? So use this as a guideline, this uh, scriptures, this knowledge. And like I said, if you study in the morning, um, even one or two verses, it, it's an underlining, um, it gives you an underlining for the whole day, yeah, to keep you in the right path, to stay on the path of dharma. It guides you throughout the day. So whenever you want to, a thought comes, negative thought, Automatically, you can, you can fight it and bring it back to a positive thought because the scriptures has helped, you know, the fact that you studied in the morning, it stays with you throughout the day. And that's why they say study every morning. It keeps you in the path. Great. Have a lovely day.